Hello, welcome to Circuit and Gear, a podcast where we discuss scenic automation and other interesting technology. I'm Gareth Connor, and I'm Royal Marty. Royal, big week this week, or we just had a big week. We did. Yeah, I missed you. I I missed you too. It's been it's been so long, my friend. <laughs> yeah, I was out in Colorado installing the Chitty Chitty Bang Bang show yeah. that we've been talking about on the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, just got back in on Saturday night. Saturday night, right? Yeah. So this is my first day back in the shop after a week off. Slacker. So, yeah, exactly. I was just like, <laughs> I was hiking in the mountains in the Rockies, right. swimming, horseback in, riding, horseback riding. Yeah, going on nature trails. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. You said you, the signal sucked. <laughs> yeah, and that's, that's right. why. <laughs> exactly. I couldn't get any cell phone reception up there. Uh, no, obviously, mostly what I saw was the inside of a theater. Right. Um, but otherwise, when I did step outside, it seemed like a lovely place. Colorado seems beautiful. Yes. So let, I thought we'd just spend uh, hopefully a slightly shorter podcast this week. <laughs> than last Trying week's. to scale them back. <laughs> Trying to scale back a little bit. Uh, and just kind of wrap up Chitty Chitty Bang Bang because we had some interesting on-site uh, issues and solutions and trials and tribulations. Yeah, and just wrap up the project, right? Yeah, just wrap up the project. Um, so the first things first, uh, what do you have to do every time that you take a show out on the on site? Ship it. Ship it. <laughs> Ship it. And what's a never-ending source of amusement? Shipping. <laughs> Shipping. <laughs> so, Royal, I got to the theater, um, I guess, eight, like 8 o'clock on Monday morning. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the truck was there waiting, ready, right. uh, just to like be offloaded. Most of everything, just kind of like they opened the back doors and everything just popped out on its own. <laughs> Um, and then went straight up. Then went straight up. So yeah. that obviously didn't happen. So yeah. actually, what did happen? Yeah. So we we shipped the stuff a, a day later than we probably should have. Yeah. Um, but we got in touch with our salesman, and well, I got in our touch freight with our, salesman. Yeah, yep. Uh, I got in touch with our freight salesman, and we laid out our options. And I said, "Well, we want it delivered on Friday." I said, "That's that's ideal. If it slides to Monday, first thing Monday morning." That will be okay as well. Right, because we knew I was going to be traveling on Saturday. Right. The theater was striking their previous show on Sunday. On Sunday, yeah. So load-in was going to start first thing Monday morning. Right. Yeah. And so the salesman was like, the freight salesman was like, yep, no problem. We can get it there by Friday. And then it's nice that we got a little barrier. We got a little buffer on uh, right. for Monday. Yeah. And I was like, okay, sweet. And so- Rock on. Rock on. Let's yeah. go forward with that plan. And- um. Friday evening, Friday got away from me. Yeah. Friday evening, uh, I realized that it wasn't there. And so I was like, oh, crap. I got to get in touch with Alex. But now it's the weekend and you can't get in touch with them. So first thing Monday morning, I come in and track it. And it seems like it's still stuck in Denver. Yeah. And the theater is about an hour north of Denver. Right. It's in uh, Johnston, Johnstown. Johnstown. Yep. Um, Colorado, which is near Loveland. Yep. So I got in touch with Alex and I said, hey, Alex, what's the deal? Yeah. And uh, he was like, well, let me call you back. And yeah. that's never good when, when, <laughs> when, can, when the answer. shipping company can't tell you what is gonna be del- if it's going to be delivered that day. Yeah. And uh, so he called back and just said that it's not going to be delivered. Right. You know, short story is it's not going to be delivered on Monday. And I said, well, it, it's got to be. Yeah. Come got to get it to the yeah. theater. Today Come is hell the day. or high water. It's got to yeah. be delivered. Um, and in the meantime, you were contacting the terminal in right. Johnstown, right? 
or in Denver originally. In Denver, okay. Yeah, because what I guess what had happened was the truck got stuck in Denver, right? Uh, for reasons still unknown, it was stuck in a freight terminal in in Denver, and they had they the theater doesn't have a loading dock, so it had to go on a lift gate trailer. Yep. And of course, as anyone who deals with shipping knows, lift gate trailers are few and far <laughs> it's between. A curse. Right. Yeah. And so they some some snafu with the liftgate trailer scheduling and Denver just said, yeah, we won't be able to get it there today, but should be able to get it there on Tuesday. And similarly, should. Yes, right. <laughs> yeah, similar, I had the same reaction like, no, 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 no. This has got to be here today. Yep. You know, what do we have to do to fix this? And uh, and anyway, both of us went round and round with um, you with the East Coast shipping agent, me with the local shipping guys. Right. And we did eventually get it. Well, f- oddly enough, right? So the well, go ahead. So <laughs> yeah. what? So what was the, the so, first solution? Yeah. So the first solution was they can get it there by five, but we got to pay a thousand dollars. Right. Right. And so, an extra thousand. An additional thousand dollars. In addition to the many thousands of dollars <laughs> we already paid to get it out right. to the. To and the west. Uh, so it was after that. Well, I was kind of calm. I was actually very calm about it all because you know things happen. You know, shipping is not is not easy. Oh I mean, uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, there's a lot of things. There's a lot of working components to it um but it was after that when i had kind of blew it. your blew your top a little <laughs> yeah. bit right yeah yep. once they're like and it's gonna cost you an extra grand to get it there on the day we right. promised you would be there sweet so you're holding our stuff hostage right and uh, right. now you have a thousand dollar ransom right because <laughs> we're gonna pay it i mean right. we gotta get the show going yeah. What, so. yeah what else yeah. are we gonna do and uh but so, then they so they get it on a the, yeah, so, the so we got was, into it right yeah. we got into it and he was like okay well and then we hung, he hung up and 45 minutes later he called me back he's like all right I got a truck, and out of they Denver, can, out of Denver, they can deliver by two in the afternoon, and it'll only be five hundred dollars. Right. I was like, okay, whatever. I but mean, no better, lift gate, no lift gate, right? And he, I called you right around this time, and you were explaining, or you called me, I think. Yeah. And you were explaining the deal. I'm like, I don't know how I'm gonna get this stuff off the truck. <laughs> I mean, I, <laughs> I'm in the middle of a cornfield. Right. There's and nothing I, around me. Yeah. Like I don't. You know, the stuff is heavy. <laughs> and just at that same moment, there was like a giant RV warehouse across the street. <laughs> And I'm looking, and some guy is dra- like dragging an RV, like the hitch of an RV, yeah. uh, or camper, I guess. Not, but anyway, the hitch of a camper with a forklift. Like, <laughs> hold on a second. Just, hold on. Yeah, you're like, hold on. There's a forklift driving by. I'll call you back. Yeah. <laughs> and so I made a new friend. I went over. My buddy Bill, Bill. out in Colorado. Thanks, Bill. Uh, he ended up. I, I paid him a, a little bit of money, and he agreed to come over and unload our truck with his forklift that he right. happened to have. So. That was great. So we exactly. could get the we could get the stuff off of yep. the non liftgate truck, just a regular trailer. Yeah. So I called back and I was like, "Sweet, you got a deal. Let's do it." Yep. And uh, so then I was like, "All right, cool. We can rest easy." And then about one one thirty, I called Alex, our freight guy. It's like, "Hey, are we still on board?" Yeah, because we haven't. Si- we truck haven't, still hasn't shown up. Yeah, so. truck hasn't shown up, and we haven't heard anything. And he said, oh, "Let me call you back." And so then he calls back again and says. Well, the truck driver that was supposed to go straight to the site did not, and he went to the terminal in Johnstown and dropped the trailer. Yeah, yeah. So, so he, he didn't follow the directions or the you know he didn't go somehow, to the theater. Somehow, goes to the didn't free terminal, yeah. drops the trailer off there, and now it's stuck like ten minutes from the theater. Right. But we just can't go get it. You can't like, go get it. We don't yeah. have a tractor to go pull it, and they won't let us cross load it without a union driver. Right. There. And so, so there's. 
So there is no nothing we could do we at do. that point, yeah. except for so, just wait. Yeah. And so then they said, well, we will deliver it between four and six. Yeah. If I remember correctly, and and about five fifteen, it did it did finally show yeah, up. And, yeah. So about every from about three three o'clock in the afternoon on, I called yeah. every thirty minutes. Yeah. Hey, is it? Are we still good? Yeah. Are we still good? <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, at the at the theater, we're all twiddling our thumbs, thinking, saying, "When is when's the automation truck going to show right. up?" You know, this is our one day with a clear stage to go hang the rig, and uh, we had to wait till about five thirty to get the equipment. Yeah. And so made for a bit of a late night there. Yeah. So it's just frustrating. I mean, it's it's the, the yeah having, frustrating having the truck be late. I mean, it's like it's cliche, but right. Yeah. Exactly. You get a, a dollar for every trucking story, right? Exactly. It, I mean, a lot of times it goes smoothly. It's just... Uh, when it goes poorly, it, it, it goes really, poorly. Yeah, you know? it messes It goes poorly up. when when you don't want it to, I guess. Yeah. So... Yep, yep. Yeah, it's, it seems like the return shipments never have a big fiasco. It's like, yeah, you know, on the return of a rental, we exactly. don't care. We don't care. Take an extra yeah, couple of days. Exactly. Let it get stuck. Yeah. Who cares about that? Yep. But, but anyway. So, yeah. So... How did you want her to take us through about how everything else went? Yeah, so I mean, I I should say at the outset, you know, it was it was a nice success that right. the rig went in, it it installed well, we got it all sorted out, and um, everything's working well yep. at the theater. Um, so far as we know, they got through the first dress rehearsal, everything cute, yeah. it's all working nice. Everybody so, said the client's happy, customers yeah, happy. customers happy, nice. and uh, and uh, I think everyone's real pleased with the effect. I think it's going to be a great show for the theater, right? Um, it's definitely an ambitious production for them. Yeah. Um, but uh, they've got some really great people out there and a, a great customer base. Yeah, um, it sounds people, like it. Sounds yeah. like that's what you were saying. Yeah, a lot of people that I bumped into just at the local restaurants and so on. The hardware were, store. Oh, yeah, hardware right. store and stuff uh, <laughs> expressed a lot of love for the theater company. So yep. that's always great to see that they're they're really crafting an audience. Um, but because... I think this would be fun to be more of a lessons learned exactly. episode. Right. Uh, so, so despite all that good stuff, let's focus on some of the things that I think could have gone better. Yeah. Um, I think the, probably the biggest thing was the coordination uh, between us and the theater could have been a lot better. Right. Um, some of the pre-planning stuff um, we just didn't really nail down. And I, I think both we were busy, they were busy. Yes. Um, right. Yeah. Understandable on everybody's side about how we missed these things, but a um, couple of the things that first came up. One was power. Yeah. Um, we had talked early on about the fact that we needed three-phase power to run the equipment. Right. And when I got there, um, that was not a surprise. They, everyone was well prepared for the idea that we were going to require three-phase power. But there was no easy tie-in point. Yeah. Uh, right, because I think you said that they didn't really have, they didn't really know where you could tie in. Right. They, right. There was no company switch. They didn't have um, outlets or anything like that right. wired in, you know, like 2130s or something like that yep. around the theater that uh, that you could use for just plugging in chain motors or right. something. Right, exactly. Um, no easy way to tie in. So, um, so the first thing we had to do was kind of figure out where in the building we could grab power. Uh, we found a, a, a um, circuit panel yep. um, that looked like it would be reasonable. But then we had to get an electrician in to, um, you know, the owner of the theater understandably wanted to verify that it was okay that we were going to tie into this panel. Right. Uh, which is certainly reasonable. But we had to wait 
for the the electrician to come. Yeah, kind of give his blessing to what we were going to do to tie in the power, uh, and then and then tie in. And that you know that it wasn't tragic or anything. No, we got but- it all solved, but. Uh, it meant that for the first day that we were there, we couldn't have anything powered up. Right. And our intention was to use the hoists, the spotline hoists, to actually lift the track up right. into position. Um, and so we couldn't do that, but we could use the, uh, they had some scissor lifts. Yep. Um, you know, like the JLG lifts. lifts. Yeah, yeah, JLG yeah. Um, man lifts that we could use instead. So we lifted the track up on there and, right. and used the scissor yeah, lifts. Yeah, but that couldn't have been. That kind of had to be a pain, right? Because that track is it's heavy. I mean, it's light it, for the for the load. It yeah, handle, it's heavy. Yeah, this is like that six, Garrett's seven pounds a foot. Right. Yeah, this is that Garrett's Cargo XL track, and right. like you said, it's it's light for its capacity, but it's it's heavy. Yeah. Um, with four of us heaving and hoeing on one end of it, we could just barely get it up onto the. Well, I shouldn't say just barely, but it was a it was a strain to get it up yeah. onto the end of the scissor lift, then go get the other end of right. the track and hoist it on up uh, onto the scissor lift. And um, yeah, so you know that that could have been better. Yep. Um, and then also it just was one more thing to add to the list. It was a very aggressive load in schedule. We had Monday was a day where we should have had the stage. Uh, with just sharing it with some of the electricians working. Yep. Uh, and then Tuesday was scenery starting to load in. Wednesday was first tech. Wow. So it was uh, it was a fairly tight turnaround yeah. for some, for you know for all of this rigging to get up there. Right. Um, so so having to spend a little bit of time figuring out power didn't help. Um, the other the next funny thing that we bumped into was that the there was a, we had a little cross wires. Uh, kind of literally and figuratively on how the car was going to get rigged. Yes. Right. So we had uh in our playbook we <laughs> thought that the, that, the uh, that we were going to we had built some channel steel frames yep. that were going to pick up the basically the wheels of the car. Right. Um or some other substructure of the car. But anyway, we had provided like a flat steel frame that was going to support the car. Yeah, underneath right. the front axle and then a second steel frame that would support the rear axle. Yep. Um, and that wasn't the case at all. So they, they had built rig points onto the car. So the car had four eye bolts on it, two up front, two in the back. Two in the back. Okay. Now our rig points on the traveler track, we had spaced six feet apart to get outside of the wheelbase. Exactly. And then. But uh, what's the wheelbase of the car? Like two foot two. Okay. So we had to get from six feet down to two Two foot foot two. two. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and then lastly, we had, you know, we had talked about having the, uh, running blocks right up at the car. And even on, you know, even as we were wrapping up at the shop here, yeah. we were thinking, this is really not it's a great a, idea. It's, right. You're going to see a lot of rigging hard. A lot of rigging. Yep. Um, so it'd be better if we could tail down, uh, to pick up the car. Um, and so between it being, uh, a narrower, rig point time yeah. in, and the fact that we were going to really want to tail down we realized that these channel steel frames that was no good yeah, it's not going to work for you right right yeah oh and then also we also had it on we had understood that the car was going to basically get that the flying car was going to get strapped onto the rig yeah right and it was never it, it was going to stay there right? yeah and that wasn't true either it had to uh be able to clip and unclip from the rig <laughs> 
<laughs> a few times during yeah. the show. Uh, you said three times. Yeah, think, right. right. Well, well, the car flies. The three car times. Fly three, so. flies three times, but it has to get pushed around. Uh, so it it starts off um, disconnected from the rig. Yep. It gets rolled around the stage. Then it gets connected to the rig. Then it lands, gets disconnected, gets rolled around. Yeah. Gets reconnected to the rig, flies around, lands, can stay on the rig at that point, gotcha. and then does a curtain call. Okay. And then, and then it gets disconnected from the Okay. Rig. So uh, I guess it only has to be disconnected in show once, um, once. but it has to connect twice in right. show. In show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, you're not going to do that with shackles. You're not gonna... <laughs> right? No. no, no, it's got to be something quicker and easier. Yep. And so uh, once we start, we sorted all this out in about 10 minutes, you know, yeah. like, oh, gosh, this isn't what we were planning on. And they're like, whoa, I thought Whoa's that you guys were going to do right. this. Yeah. Right. Uh, and that happened on that all went down on Monday. Luckily, uh, yeah, right? To be I fair, mean, that happened on Monday and it happened while we were still waiting for the truck because right. the car showed up and I was able to see what the rig was. And I knew, obviously, what we what were going to do. Yeah, what yeah. our rig was. And so at that point, I was able to call you back at the shop and say, hey. Order some, some parts, stuff. right? Yeah, <laughs> and order up, order up some stuff that you can FedEx in for tomorrow. Yep. Um, and then also the ground plant. So anyway, so that was the rig, the car rig. Yeah. Um. Actually, before I leave that topic, I guess I should explain how we fixed it. So we ended up um, going to the steelyard and buying some half inch by six inch flat bar. Yep. That we could span between our two rig points. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then. So we put some holes at six feet on center. So you didn't have to move the blocks into the two foot two. Right. Okay, right. Leave the bo- blocks spread out. Yep. And then, uh, then come into that narrower two foot two. Yep. And put in some holes there on the lower e- edge of the bar for the, to tail down to the car. Yes. And then I just made some, some aircraft cable slings. S- yeah. Some stingers, right? Yeah. Some stingers that are like 10 feet long. That okay. could connect from the bar down to the car. Nice. And that all worked fine. Um, since the car had to come on and off the rig, that meant that we didn't have weight always right. on the rig to bring the blocks in when yep. we wanted to lower the rig down. So uh, at first we were talking about doing sandbags. Yes. But the header probably helped you out on that front, right? Right. So we had that half, inch, half by six inch by six inch plate. So yeah. what was that, like 7,500 pounds? 50, 50 pounds. Oh, okay. So it was 50 pounds. I'm pretty the- weak, so I think it's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It feels like 75. Um, no, so yeah, so it was like 50 pounds, um, and the we needed more weight than that. It turned out that that 50 pounds was not enough weight. When we tried to lower the hoists in with only the header yeah. attached, uh, the winch would just unspool the just cable, spit on out the all the cable, yeah. yeah, and then the thing would just be hanging up there in the air still. <laughs> After because it's a four to one, it's a four to one, right? Yeah. So, so, uh, so did, you, did you use the sandbags then? No, nah, we didn't use sandbags because I was given how quick the changes had to happen. Yeah, uh, I didn't want the um, the folks doing the clipping of the car to have to mess with sandbags. Yeah. And have to be able to take that. them on and off. Yeah. I could see and that. also we're talking about a fair amount of weight. I think they were going to have to be like 50 pound sandbags. Right. That's, that's a lot. That's a lot of weight. Yeah. Um, and especially if you got to like run off stage hauling this 50 pound sandbag. Yeah. That's not, that's not really cool. So um, what I did instead was on the header, I just drilled it out um, for counterweight bricks. Oh, some pigs. Yeah. 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 Okay. And so we bolted on an extra 100 pounds of counterweight bricks nice. to the header. Nice. And uh, 
Yeah, and then that I would that header then was always about ten feet above the car. Okay. Um, with the lighting in the scene, you're not able to see the header. They're, they turn the lights on bright at the curtain call to kind yeah. of expose the header and let the audience in on the trick of like, how did this work? Oh, really? Yeah, that yeah, was yeah. what the director wanted to do. And I think it's a great a great gag. So yeah. you can take away some of the mystery right at the end. But uh, anyway, so that was the car rig points. Yeah. Um, so not a big deal, but we had to throw out the steel that we had sent. We had to go get some new steel. Exactly, right? I mean, it's something that we could have done here. We, yeah, if we had... If we'd had our act together and coordinated well with the theater, we could have figured out, you know, what exactly we needed to provide. Right. It, you know, we everyone did their level best. We sent some drawings, and I think there was just some confusion exactly. on everybody's end. Yep. Um, and in the end, we worked it all out, but good to be flexible. Um, and so how was the – like? You saw the car, obviously. Yeah. And then you saw all the people and everything in there. Yeah. So what was that weight like? Because I know yeah. that the weight was a big question for us at the beginning. And then like, right, like, I think it was like the day or two before we shipped, we right. we got a little bit of clarification on the weight. But right. what what do you think the weight ended up being? So I, I, if I'm remembering this story straight, um, I believe that they finally weighed the car. Yeah. Um, and it was 630 pounds for okay. the car. And then we probably had like another, you know, maybe five fifty worth of people. Worth of people in there. Yeah. So, right. so <laughs> maximum twelve hundred pounds. Yeah. And we designed the system for four thousand pounds. The original spec was for four thousand pounds. <laughs> uh, looking back through my notes from the original conversation, that was what uh, we had, you know, I discussed with the, the theater owner at the time was. Uh, he was guessing it would be about 3,000 pounds, but yeah. wanted to be safe, and, which is understandable, and go to 4,000 pounds. Right. In the end, it was a lot less than that. A lot less. Yeah. Yeah. So we didn't need th- that much ca- lift capacity. Um, the travel also, I think we, uh, I don't remember what we originally had. I think we had like 10 feet or something like that was our spec that we were going, or eight feet. Yeah, I think it was 10. 10. 10. Uh, in the end, they only really wanted six feet of travel. Okay. Uh, vertical lift. Yep. Um, and that looked great, you know. Right. Because um, the proscenium how was was how uh, tall? Do you remember? Uh, yeah, I'm trying to remember. I think it was 18 feet. Yeah, so 10 feet would get it up there. It would get it up there, especially if you got people sitting in the car. And, yeah. You know, their heads right. start to get clipped off. and I mean, the proscenium was 18 feet, but then they had a border right. you know, trimmed down to hide the electric. So, yeah. It gets a little scary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, For the audience. Yeah, it's a little too high to feel comfortable with, you know, honestly. Um, So, yeah. So, uh, and what that means, of course, is that we could have done a two-to-one on the mechanical band. Exactly, right. So then that means we could have had a little faster travel on the lift. A little faster travel on the lift, which they would have appreciated. They're fine with the speed that it's traveling at, but uh, I think a faster lifting motion would have helped out with some of the cueing, getting the timing nailed. Yep. so yeah, a little bit too bad. Gotcha. A little bit too bad. Yep. Um, again, just to reiterate, everyone loved it. Everyone's really excited about right. it. You know, it looks great. Um, the car that the theater built is gorgeous. It's awesome, right? Yeah. I mean, the pictures, the pictures that you showed me are pretty sweet looking. Yep, it's a beautiful piece. Yep. So, but just to, if we had dedicated a little more focused energy up front to really hammering out some of these details, you know. It, and I think it could have gone smoother. Yeah. And, seems and we like would have it, right? ended up with a, a little bit better product yeah. too for the theater. Yep. So that's a little yeah. disappointing. And so like in our late night 
scramble, right? Because when we to do the re rig, yeah, right, right. Because we had the first rig and we saw that it was too yep. tippy, um, so we couldn't do that. We had we ended up running the cables through the track. Yeah, the haul lines. The haul lines, right? Yeah. And then we we went to a clue inside that and inside the track. Right, because there's a big cavity inside the track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so one of our concerns after we set it up and we saw it all working and everything, and it was working nicely, was the noise. Yeah. Was that it made a little bit of it made it made a fair amount of noise. Yes, right, because right? those cables are basically dragging on the inside of the track. Yeah. We can't get the rig taut enough to lift the cables off of the bottom web of the track of the track right yeah and so how was that for you on site was that uh, i i really did not like it i i thought it was much too loud um again the folks at the theater thought it was wasn't bad they thought that it sounded fine um especially in the sequences it's yeah, so loud because there's music playing there's and music, stuff like there's that explosions right? there's but but you can you know, still hear it right? you can, i mean yeah i could definitely still hear it um I guess you couldn't hear it too much, you know, out in the house. But uh, mostly it's just, the, it's painful when you know it could be better. Right. Right. Especially since we didn't need that much travel. We only needed six feet of travel. Yes. We didn't really need to clue the lines together to a single hall line. Right. We could have taken the two lifting lines and gone straight into the drum. Straight to the drum, right. And we didn't do that originally because we needed all of the drum capacity to get the spec lift yes but we didn't need that we much didn't lift. Need that. yeah so we could have double wire you know double cabled into the drum right um and that would have been better it also would have taken away um another single point failure single point, point failure and right right which is that we have it one hall line you know right straight picking in, up yeah now we're well oversized on that hall line it's perfectly safe but, but still i mean that's just well, why not be redundant exactly. if you can be right if you can be yeah yeah um, it yeah. would have been better. And they would have eliminated one more connection point between the wire ropes. Right. Um, so, yeah. So it's like all those things added together. Like, oh. Right. It, we could have done We could have done a better job. It would have been better. Right? Yeah, yeah. It would have been cooler. So yeah. Next time. Next yeah, time. Exactly. We'll get them next time. Yep. But, but yeah, I would never, I will never run cables, run through, cables that through that track, track again, right? again. Yeah. It's yeah. just too loud. Yeah. It's just too loud. So. It just takes all that noise and. <laughs> yeah, it's like running it through a guitar. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's like all that, or a drum or something. Right. So, anyway. And uh, so, and, go ahead. Yeah. And then you got it all set up, right? And got and it all set up. Wrote some cues. Wrote some cues. Uh, it was great, you know, showing the system to a new operator. Um, he picked it up really quickly. Wrote yep. all, we wrote all the cues together. Nice. Relatively quickly. Um, there were some stuff I really loved. Um the jogging joystick yeah. on the new Showstopper is awesome it's for dicks sweet, like this. It's sweet, right? Yeah. yeah, it's so nice to be able to grab any motor and then you know jog it into place quickly. So what we would do is kind of jog each motor into position to set a look for the car. So we'd take like the downstage traverse yep. to move the car, to skew the car a little bit left or right. right. And then we'd take the downstage lift and raise it up or down and then move to the upstage axle and do the same thing. And that really worked nicely. Um, but then when we got to running the show, yeah, we, right. We found, I found a giant bug in spike mark. Cause uh, when you ran the show, were you, did you use the soft stop or the hold to run? 
hold to run because I'm a new convert. Exactly, I, I'm right? part of the Royal right. Marty Army <laughs> right. now. I'm all about hold to run. We're a band, baby. That's right. <laughs> but a hold to run exposed a really huge bug in Spike Mark um, with regard to Q-Links. Yes. And this is a little esoteric for folks that are listening, but for folks that use Spike Mark, Bear with it because it's interesting information. Um, we've got a fix in the works, yep. but this is pretty bad. Um, the hold to run button, it basically works as a, you have to hold, if you release it, it just sends a soft stop signal. Right. Um, turns out that the soft stop fault would interfere with linked queues. Yeah. Now, it's not every linked queue. You had to be in a, the correct circumstance. But basically, when you soft stop, all of the queues show up faulted. And you can see this. Like if you hit soft right. stop on screen, all of the queues go it yellow. It just fills the queue grid with yellow, right? Yeah. So everything faults to show that you've done an abnormal um, abort. Yes. Um, and we'll get to why all queues fault in a second. But for now, just accept they do. Yep. Every queue faults in the queue grid. And to come out of a fault, you have to load another queue. Right. Now, that's all good if you're just like doing it manually. But the only way for a queue to go from faulted to loaded is it passes through idle yes. state. So right. there's all these states of queues. Like queues are running, they're loaded, they're idle, they're faulted, they're complete. Yep. Those are the states that a queue can be in. Just for internal purposes... The way spike mark works, when you're faulted to load up a queue, you go from faulted to idle to, to loaded, loaded again. right? So okay. you kind of pass through this transitional state of like, hey, I'm just at rest. Oh, I'm loading right oh, away. Oh, I'm loading. Yep. Yeah. Um, that's cool, except if you have a link, because if a link, if a link is trying to execute a queue, it loads up. It it has a faulted queue. It tries to load that queue. Yeah. Then that queue goes idle. Right. As soon as it goes idle. The queue says, the, I'm sorry, the link rather says, whoa, 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 something has just changed this to idle. Yeah. So if it's gone idle, I'm going to back off because that could be mean that somebody's trying to jog this motor around. Yep. Or um, either manually on the on screen or, or on the, locally on the stage. Yeah, hand, right? on the stage hand. So we have to like detect that and say like, oh, okay, wait, the user's doing something else. Right. Back off. Yeah, well, that's a real problem if you're, uh, if you're saw stopping with the hold to run every time yeah. you uh, release your finger in a large queue sequence, that means that if you have two consecutive queues, so you have a master queue and then it's linked to a child queue. Yep. If those two queues don't share any motors, so for instance, like in Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, right. maybe you have the downstage set of motors. So the downstage lift and the downstage traverse. Yep. They're going to be in the master queue. Yes. And they're going to kick off a, a link to the child queue. Right. Which which would be the child queue would be controlling the upstage. Yes, so the child queue would control the upstage two motors. When that link tries to kick off, yes, the upstage motors will still be faulted. As soon as you manually load the the, the parent queue, the one that has the downstage motors, yep. when you manually load it, that'll take it through idle and into loaded, and you can run it. And you can run it. But when you try to move the downstage motors, those haven't been cleared yet. They're still in a faulted state. Yeah. And they're going to transition automatically through idle, boom, and then they get tripped up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so 
not every link would stop working, <laughs> but any link that had consecutive linked queues that did not share motors wouldn't work. Wouldn't work. Right. And so and that was probably a head scratcher. Right? That was a head scratcher. And of course, like this is in the middle of, you know, a run through and I'm sitting there with the operator and we're looking at these things just not firing. Like yeah. half of the links You're not like, working. What is going like, on? This is nuts. <laughs> I mean, you know. I'm not going to say anything's perfect, but we use a lot of Q-Links. Yes. I know that Q-Links, generally Q-links speaking, are- <laughs> work, you know, yep. a lot more than like 50-50 shot. Right. Right. So uh, that was kind of a mess, uh, but it didn't take too long to realize. I'm like, ah, the, you know, I bet this has something to do with the, the hold to run. The hold to run. Yeah. So I turned off hold to run. I could see that then with hold to run off that we didn't have this problem. And then I started re-simulating what was happening by yeah. just pressing soft stop in between cues. And right. you could see that this is what's going on. Right. Yeah. So one of the bigger problems with this, right, is is rooting from the fact that when you release hold to run, it's sending the soft stop command to all of the queues. Right. Right. That is totally the that's, that's the one crux, of the big problems. That is one of the crux of it. Right. Yeah. And so why? Because, yeah, so why on. is that? Why are we? Why do we do that? Yeah. So it's historical um, in nature. <laughs> why we do that? <laughs> As, evolutionary as, evolutionary yeah as you might imagine i've been i've been looking at a lot of code recently since i discovered this bug so as i've retraced the years through the code path to yep. see when we when i did certain things in there um this was done at a time before um well let's start off with the basic problem the basic problem is say you have linked queues and they're time linked queues yep and time linked queues when their parent queue starts, they start off in a timer that says, okay, in 30 seconds, run your child queue. Right. Right. That all sounds really straightforward. Right. Easy. No problems. There. Right. And if you happen to hit the soft stop button while the parent queue is running, yeah, it'll be faulted. Yes. And the child queue can say, hey, if my parent queue faults, then there's a, there's been a problem. There's been an abnormal abort. Right. Don't run. Because clearly run. the operator doesn't want time queues or any sort of links to start triggering after they've hit a soft stop. After they've hit a soft stop, well, right. you, The thing we try to combat at all costs is unexpected motion. Yes, like that's you terrifying. Not, yes. Right? Like, <laughs> like if you've hit soft spot, you're trying to kill motion on the stage. Yes. And what you don't want to have happen is these automated links start just kicking off. Right. right? And so what would happen before if, you, if the queue is completed yep. and then for some reason you hit soft stop? Would right. the timer keep going, right? The The... Yeah. Well, actually, no. So even there, it would be okay. Okay. <laughs> Where it gets weird, say you have two queues that both are child queues to the same parent. Okay. The master queue finishes up. The first child kicks off. Yes. As soon as that first child kicks off, if it shares a motor with the parent queue, yep. it, the parent queue is going to transition from complete to idle because it's now just done. It's it, done. It has it's, nothing it's to do with business. Yeah. It's, yep. It has it no longer has any reference to that motor again. Okay. Until it gets run the next time. Now, if you soft stop, the first child will be dead. It'll right. be faulted. Right. But w- say like a minute later, a timer goes off on the second child queue yes. that's referencing the first master queue. Which is now idle. Which is now idle. Completed and then idle. Completed right? and then idle. It's going to look back and say like, no, it's parent, all good. It's all good. The parent queue never faulted. I'm, I'm all set. Yeah. And then it's going to trigger. Right. And then you're and then you're getting then unexpected motion. You get unexpected motion. So what we did instead, or what I did instead, uh, is 
when you hit the soft stop button, it just sends a, a fault message to every queue. Yes. So all child queues even get a fault message. Right. And they, across the board. If across it's a the queue, board. it's getting it. Yeah. Right. Uh, if it's a queue that is attached to the motor that got the soft stop command, I should yep. make that clarification. Soft stop is really a motor command. It's not a queue command. Yes. So we send a soft stop signal to all the motors. The motors report back, I'm soft stopping. Yep. Any queue that has that motor in it will then register, hey, I've got a faulting motor. Right. And because that soft stop is handled on the, on the card. Right? Oh, yeah, on you, the You're sending card. that command to the card, and then the card is there. Yep locally inside the stage yes. hand. Yep. That's right. So really like the cues are kind of finding out about the message from the motors. Mm. Even though this, the the original message is originating from spike mark, right. spike mark sends it to the motors. When the motors tell spike mark they are self stopping, yes. that's when the cues that's first the find cues out about it, it. right? Yeah. Okay. Um <clears throat> so we just fault everything. So every cue that has a reference to a motor that is soft stopping goes into a fault condition. Yeah. And then if a timer goes off, it looks at itself or actually it doesn't even matter if the timer goes off. As soon as a, a time link gets a fault message, it just kills its timer regardless right. of whether it was running or not. It basically just says, "Never mind, shut off the timer. Um, and then it won't start that timer again until the parent cue starts again. Gotcha. Okay. So there's that history to it. Yeah. Um, and then at some point later on, we also added this idea, idea of a run ID to right. queues. Because what sometimes we need to differentiate between is queue number one running for the first time or the second, second time, time or the right? eighth time or the twelfth time? Yes. And use that information to determine whether or not a link should run. And we, we use that in time queues. We use that in position link queues. We use that in input, input link queues, queues right? yep, to determine, hey, have I already run my link for this iteration of the time that I've run, that this queue has run. Right. Um, and that solved a whole class of bugs for us and also made input links a lot more usable because right. we do more interesting things there once we knew that. But we never, I never went back and altered the soft stop behavior. Um, and that I think is, that coupled with the fact that we have this kind of weird extra state yeah. In, in motors that's known as soft stopped. Yes. So you have soft stopping where it's decelerating to a stop. Where it's in the motion of it, right? Yeah. And then you have soft stopped where it's just sitting there and it's done. Yes. But that's a really weird state. It doesn't actually mean anything in the system. Right. Because it could just, just be done. idle. Right? It could just be idle. Like what's the difference between soft stopped and idle? And idle. Nothing really other right. than like the last thing I did was I was soft stopping. It, exactly. <laughs> right. 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 Um, so transitioning out of soft stopped always requires us like go to idle then yes go back to loaded um so to combat this issue there's a couple things that we're gonna that we're working on so one is we're eliminating soft stopped right we're um it's just gonna be idle it's just now, yes, right? it goes from soft stopping to idle idle yep um once and then we're going back to the the method where only cues that were running will fault Yes. When you soft stop. Yep. So rather than any motor, any queue that's attached to a motor um, going into a fault condition. Right. It'll now just be, hey, if this movement is actually running and my motor is faulting, now I'm faulting. Now fault it, right? Because it, you know, it's kind of like logically, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense that a queue number 18 is faulted on a soft stop that happened in queue number 12. Right. Why? why? Doesn't, it's doesn't, not faulted. Yeah. Q18 is fine. Exactly. Um, it hasn't even run yet. So, um, so we're going back to that. And then 
when you soft stop now, what we'll do is just disable links. Yes. So we'll just kill links for a, for a split second and then re-enable links. Right. Um, so that will prevent misfires on yeah. key links. Yeah, yeah, um, So we just got to... I think that's the solution. Yep. Um, and it's it's implemented at the moment, but it now it's just got to go through the testing process to make sure what, what did out, we right? miss. Because these are fairly big changes. Yeah. Um, I think it'll be great in the end because... Well, A, it'll work. Yes, That'll be better than be not better. working, yes. which is what it's doing right now. Um, when you are when you saw stop, it's doing weird things to links. Right. That's not acceptable. Uh, but then also, it's been a little weird for the last couple of years that we've made this change where if you hit soft stop, the entire Q grid goes yellow. Goes yellow, right. It's, it's very little, alarming. It could be very alarming, right? Yeah. 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 And then like, and you even see it now that we've gone to the hold to run. Yes. Is like when the system is sitting there idle. Right. You know, all the Q grid is now yellow. Yep. You're like, well, is there something wrong? Is there or, something wrong? Yeah, because yeah, like, hold to run when you let go of the button and nothing's moving. You're like, okay. Shouldn't be a fault condition. It should be good, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Everything completed, so I'm okay to let the, the right. button go. Right. So it looks weird that it all goes yellow. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so that'll look better. That'll look much better. And, um, and I mean, actually, functionally underneath the covers, it doesn't change It doesn't anything. do anything. Right? Like, yeah, <laughs> it's not different. Like, fun- it's not like we're changing when we actually send the stop condition. Right. Now. It's just like, how does the interface respond? And then how do links um, respond? Yes. And that, that will change. But So I think that'll be much better. It also, one of the other things that I bumped into along the way that I think will be better is that now if you soft stop with just queues loaded, yep. I think previously it didn't do anything. Um, but now it'll basically unload the queue. So right. there's an unload queue feature, but now you can also get to that, you know, execute an unload queue just yeah. by either releasing hold to run or hitting soft, or stop, hitting soft and stop and that'll kill loaded. Yeah. Cause sometimes that happens, you, especially in tech, you load up queue and now you want to unload the right. queue. Right. They're like, hold, hold, or yeah, you take a break. Yeah. You don't you want know? a hot go button sitting right. there. Um, so soft stop will now unload a queue yes. as well. So. So I think that's all. That's all good. It's all good to. I mean, well, it's great to have found this issue for sure. Um, and I'm just, it's all you know. It's a little astonishing that it it existed because right, we haven't since heard o- about it. Right? Yeah, I mean, since October was when uh, Hold to Run was released. But even before then, I mean, before then, I couldn't be certain. I mean, there may now this may shed some light on some user feedback that that's we got about. Randomly, sometimes not, links not yeah, firing. Sometimes links not firing, and we just never were able to piece together all of the scenario. Yeah, you know, it just goes to show that like there's no substitute for dog fooding this. Yeah, exactly. Uh, going out there on the road with our own gear and checking it out is and just using in, it in totally anger. invaluable yeah. right. when it comes to like finding these issues. And you know, and like to the operator's credit, when I said, "Oh, this is explained what's going on." And I said, so I'm going to turn off hold to run. And we're going to change it back to a soft stop button. He's like, oh yeah, well, whatever works is fine. I don't really care. And I think that's a that's a very accommodating tendency of of operators sometimes to kind of figure out what works and just kind of work around the work quirks. around those quirks, right? Um, but yeah, we don't intend to leave ideal. these quirks in there, no, <laughs> yeah, right. And because uh, the next thing you know, it's like. Yeah, you just, a, it has to be step by step by step. You right, follow, there's only you know, one garden path exactly, you know, right. through the software. You, yeah. you don't want that. If you deviate from the path, then you're screwed. Yes, right. And that's certainly not what we're trying to build in the software. So yep. uh, yeah, so uh, it's good for us to go out there and be able to see the warts on the system and be like, whoa, that's not right. We right. got to fix that. That's, exactly. <laughs> that's ridiculous. Yeah. You can't, you know, Q-Link should always work. Soft stop should 
I mean, it does always work, but it shouldn't interfere with queue links. Yes. This is all weird. You know, why does the whole queue grid go yellow? And, you know, all these things. Yep. Better to clean those things up. So, but that'll be good. And then we're going to fix some bugs. Yep. As well. And- yep. Because the other big bug that um, we have, we have known about, and it's been on the list to fix for like the last month or so is that the jog wheel has a weird, uh, on the Showstopper 3. I'm sorry, on the Showstopper 3. The yep. jog wheel on the Showstopper 3. If you are jogging by position and you have, like, say, joystick jogged right. well past your maximum Max. or minimum position. Set and spike mark. Set and spike mark, yep. Uh, if you jog past those soft limits and then jog back on the wheel. Right. Um, if you, say, you're at position 200 and you set a maximum forward position of 100 yes the first click on the wheel will snap it back to 100 right and now you are zooming back to 100 which is not a this is it gets back to unexpected motion yes. right as an operator you're not anticipating this thing is going to try to recover 100 inches you think you're going to move one inch at a time yeah and so we need to change that behavior so that rather than snapping back to the limit yep. it doesn't let you go any further away from the limit but lets you retract let you come the back limit. in right yeah yeah yep. um and that that's not terribly tricky it's a little tricky but not terribly it's tricky. Not, yeah whatever tricky or not right we gotta, it's gotta get it out, fixed so. yeah 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 um so anyway that was the, the i think those were kind yeah, of the wrap-up of chitty chitty bang, bang. Chitty bang, bang. Yep. yeah i think we you know like always on these jobs you learn so much it's it's really valuable to be able to go out there and right directly interact with both the customers interact with our gear with the on gear, site yeah. in production yeah with the operator with the operator right. see how new operators respond to exactly. the system so it was really good it was really good and and again i, I don't want this all to sound so like negative um i'm only picking apart the things i think we could have done yeah better. that we could have done better right i mean um, because yeah that's how I mean, there's always better. things you can do better absolutely and so, if you don't acknowledge that then you're not gonna then, get yeah, better you're gonna be complacent so, so. yeah but um that again, the the show actually looks really great. The, yeah, the everybody's happy. Is doing right. a great the job. The video with it. looks awesome. We'll be posting the video. Yep, I think yeah. we'll hold off on the videos until um until they open. Yeah, because I know they want to control the the marketing on their show, and I, I certainly respect that. But once we get the once they open the show and release the uh, the embargo on on media, we'll definitely right. post some some video of of Chitty Bang Bang uh, in in production. Yeah. So. I think next week we're we've been avoiding it, but we uh, we have all of our notes assembled for some motion math. Yes, discussion. which should be awesome. Yeah, which should be a lot of fun. Yep. Um, this week I just wanted to wrap up Chitty. You're right. Put it in the can, as it were. So exactly. All right. Well, thanks to everyone for listening. If you like the show, please rate it on iTunes and tell your friends. It's the best way for people to find the show. And if you have things you'd like us to talk about, send an email to podcast at creativeconnors.com. I think that's it for this week, folks. We'll yep. be chatting at you later. Actually, probably later in, in this week. A couple days. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll be recording again since we're a little behind schedule this week. Yep. Thanks, guys. All right. Have a good one.